Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. As a way to thank our guests for their time, energy and wisdom, we would love to demonstrate our appreciation, gratitude and admiration. We would love to hear from you. What was your key takeout from today's session? By writing a review in Apple Podcasts with our guest's name and insight. And when you do, please make sure to take a photo and send your photo to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will send you a personalized cosmic blueprint for free. It's a report based on your unique birth chart to discover your true calling and how you can best make a difference in the world. Thank you. This week, as always, we have a super, super amazing guest for you. We have the lovely Sigrid Tassius. Sigrid is a leadership and embodiment coach, a speaker, author of Intimacy Within and Self-Care is the New Hustle. She's also the host of the podcast show, Sacred Leaders. She supports mission-driven entrepreneurs to embody their deepest truth and alignment to amplify the impact in the world and the depth of their legacy. As an expert in the integration of purpose and success, Sigrid bridges ancient wisdom and modern leadership to help those who are ready to up-level their game in life, leadership and entrepreneurship through looking at the person behind the business and aligning with a higher version of themselves. Entrepreneurs and thought leaders from all over the world work with Sigrid to create a bigger impact and greater result from a space of deep embodiment, anchored purpose, alignment, integrity, and emotional fulfillment. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today we have another special guest for you. We have the lovely Sigrid Tassius. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited. And for our listeners, uh, Sigrid is based in Byron Bay, uh, which is awesome. We don't have a lot of Australian guests, so it's uh, nice to have someone close by. Yeah. So the way that we always love to start the show is we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So Sigrid, what inspired you to do what you do today? Mm, Yeah, that's a great question. And I do truly believe that everything in our lives guides us to where we are. So it is a long story, but just to share a little bit of um, a background, I was born in Spain, but I grew up in the Dominican Republic, which... um, 
is in certain ways um, can be considered a third world country. And I saw a lot of poverty. I saw a lot of injustice. And ever since I was a child, I had this understanding and this passion, this compassion for for people that weren't living in a way that was as I would like them to be living, in a way that would make them happy, in a way that would make them um, thrive. And after that, I moved back to Barcelona, did my life, forgot about all of that. And I actually have a background in corporate. I have a corporate job in Barcelona for many years. And it wasn't until I experienced a breakup that, excuse me, a breakup that opened up a lot of trauma and a lot of deep wounding for me that I was able to really see that the life I was living was by default and not by design. So all of these feelings, all of those understandings, that passion that I had as a child for supporting people and and caring about people started to come up as I understood that the life that I was living at the time had nothing to do with what I was truly passionate about. And I had to go through the experience of several months um, of deep anxiety and really struggling a lot to live the life that I was living. And that led me to find a coach. At the time, I didn't even know what coaching was, but I found a coach and I started to work with all these different tools and modalities to really create a reality that was by design, that I was intentionally choosing. So fast forward to some time, I quit my job, I moved to Australia, I became a yoga meditation teacher, and then I was introduced to plant medicines. So I traveled the world sitting in all these different ceremonies with different elders from different cultures and and traditions and my understanding of us and the conditioning that we all carry the ways in which we are blocked from being in touch with our ultimate potential because of the trauma that we haven't dealt with because of the stories that we entertain without questioning because of everything that that we may see and experience as normal but it doesn't need to be that way through understanding these, I started to gather my, my passion for really coming to support people to be more free, to be more embodied, and to really live their ultimate potential. So throughout the years, my work has shifted. I started doing coaching with self-love and self-confidence. And after some years of doing that, I realized that the people I was coaching the most were other coaches and teachers and healers, and that my work was revolving around embodiment and leadership. So I really stepped into that some years ago, and that has been what I've been up to ever since, really supporting mission-driven entrepreneurs to embody that deeper truth and deeper alignment within themselves so that they can amplify the impact that they're making in the world. Wow, that's uh, pretty amazing. I've got a few questions that have bubbled up for me. so when you said you actually lived uh, and uh, worked in a corporate or a corporation in Spain, and we've had lots of women on the show where they've la- worked for large corporations and uh, have taken that, the I guess, the, the risk or taken the jump uh, into doing what they do today, and you're talking about your passion work. Uh, how does one do that? Because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs and women in business and men uh, that are in that um, in that position where they want to do their passion job or their passion, you know, they, they've been called to do a passion, uh, to follow their passion. But there, there's this 
uh, fear of doing so. What would you say to those people? Hmm. Connect to your why first and foremost. I think that's really important because the majority of the times we fear because we're focused on the specific outcome that we want for ourselves, for our self with small s. What I want, the amount of money I want to be making so that I feel secure, the things I need so that I feel safe and stable so that then I can do this. But really, when we connect to our why, we become unreasonable about our leadership and the things that we um, say yes to. And unreasonable, unreasonable in the sense that we are no longer limited by this idea of how things need to be and unfold before we can say yes to our to our mission. So I think it's really important to connect to our why, to that part of ourselves that is deeply passionate about that thing that we want to do and know that, yes, there will be risks that we have to take. And, you know, personally, I did a really big move. I quit everything and I went from having a really stable career where I was growing within the company and all of that to bartendering and doing odd jobs of all kinds to just continue paying for my education as a yoga teacher and yoga meditation and a coach and all of those things. It doesn't need to be that way, but I think it is important for people to really take a stand for what they want and ask yourself, am I going to be a stand for my limitations, my excuses, my fears, or am I willing to be a stand for my possibilities? And then in this realm of possibilities is where we start opening the the chance to doing things differently but it is important that we connect to our why because as long as we are not deeply connected with that the excuses and the fear and the comfort and convenience that we don't want to give away have more power when we connect with that part of ourselves it's like of course I could not live another 50 years doing a job that I don't love I could not live another 50 years having a life that I'm not totally passionate about why would I why would I commit to living something that isn't making me happy that isn't um, making me feel fulfilled so we got to connect with that so that we can build that inner confidence and that inner courage to take certain risks and make certain decisions I totally agree with you I think that if we focus externally and I say externally could be money you know more money um uh, faint, whatever that may be, that it's not sustainable yeah. and it's very short-lived. Whereas if you do focus on your why, there is this deep unconscious driver that is sustainable and long-lasting. So I really, really love the way that you've explained that. And there was another thing that you said, which I really love. You said living a life by default, default compared to living a life by design. So mm-hmm. I know, I know. So my understanding of that is you're you're li- allowing life to just go by with not having any like setting no intentions, no goals, compared to living a life by design where you're conscious, sitting uh, within the present moment, setting intentions, setting goals. Is that what you mean by design? Yes, exactly. It's about really understanding that. If we don't do the work to really intentionally understand why do I do the things I do? Why do I do the things I do the way I do them? Where did I learn this? Where, when did I agree to doing this? Like until we do this work, we are running our lives on autopilot. We are the result of our fears, our insecurities, our concerns, and the parts of us that are 
seeking validation, love, safety, and security outside of ourselves. We are constantly behaving in ways that we think are going to get us the love and affirmation and confirmation and validation that we seek outside of ourselves. So when we start being intentional and really looking into, is this mine or is this my father's? Did I choose this or did I fall into this doing, whether it's how I behave in my dynamics in relationships, how I treat my friendships, um, the thing I do for a living, how I look after my body, the things I feel capable and worthy of and the things I don't. Are these stories mine or did I subconsciously took them on, take them on from my parents or from my teachers at school or from the cultural and um, yeah, the, the environment that I was in culturally and just the, the pressure and the standards that society have pressured upon me. And really asking those questions is what allows us to go, okay, do I choose these or do I no longer do? And I think this is a really important thing for all of us to do so that we can re-empower ourselves and not let, like you said, not just let life go by and go with what's happening, but actually have a deep sense of intentionality and create the life that we would like to live and experience. Mm, I, I love that. And I think that what you're talking about, we do talk about the imprinting phase and parenting programming, and that does, we do have a choice. It does take a level of consciousness. And I'm curious, when you were talking about plant medicine because we've had a couple of women on the show they've talked about ayahuasca and how that was like it cracked them open and it was an awakening and they got to see those things that live in that deeper part of their unconscious and subconscious mind uh is that something similar that you experienced yeah well the plant medicines have been my greatest teachers not just ayahuasca but peyote san pedro um todd or bufo psilocybin and Cambo, Hape, there's all these different medicines that I've worked with for years and I've traveled around the world to sit in ceremonies. And yeah, they've definitely, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't because of this. So I definitely think that plant medicines aren't for everyone. And there is that level of intentionality, commitment and um, discernment that needs to be had in order to do and work with this master plans in a way that is safe and in a way that is congruent and there's an integration process that needs to be had as well in order to really have a profound transformational experience versus just having a trip um, but definitely absolutely these these medicines are able to really teach us and show us the deepest parts of ourselves the deepest parts of our subconscious to unlock parts of ourselves that we may didn't even know we're there and get to understand, accept and honor ourselves in a whole different level. Wow, that takes a lot of courage. I've seen, I mean, we've spoken to, uh, you know, a lot of people. Uh, and when I say we, uh, my husband and I, and then I've had a lot of people on the guests, we've watched shows. And I just think it's, it takes a lot of courage to step into that. And it is, it's not for everyone. I think it's, it's about having the right intention and going in there with whatever the whatever it is that you're seeking um, is very powerful, very powerful. Mm, yeah. Now you talked about embodiment and leadership, which I'd really love to unpack because leadership, some people think that you 
leadership sits in a corporation, whereas I always say we're all leaders. doesn't matter where we are in life. It's about how do we show up and how do we lead the way in whatever we're doing. So when you think about leadership, what exactly does leadership mean to you? Mm, I love this question and I love that you brought this um, up in regards to the corporations because it's interesting. If you would have asked me years ago, that's what I would have thought. When somebody asks me about leadership today, I don't even think about corporations unless someone brings it up. I don't. I forget that that is even a thing because the examples of leadership that we see in the world, let's say with politicians and governors and um, heads of big corporations that are destroying the earth or that are exploiting people. I'm not saying that is the case for every corporation, of course, but there is way too many of them where the positions of leadership really have become positions of management and they are in a way driven by a desire um, to have more power, more control, maybe fame, money, whatever it is. And we see these, a lot of people that may think they're stepping into leadership without that level of embodiment, that level of self-awareness, that level of commitment and humility. What we can do is to fall into that trap of managing people and maybe creating a certain following um, or having people work for us in whatever capacity or way without really bringing any leadership to the table. So I feel like embodiment is a really important key because what I have learned again with the plant medicine ceremonies that I've done all over the world with people that have been leaving indigenous people from all different countries and traditions and people that have been living in ways that are really close to the earth, um, that are in small villages and communities. And those people have taught me so much about true leadership about how leadership is not about having power and being seen as this super good person or pretending that we're at the top and other people at the bottom or that we have it all together and that we per we are perfect. But instead, is this leadership that breeds leaders. True leaders breeds leader, breed leaders. So really understanding that true leadership empowers and encourages other people to find their own power, to find their own uniqueness, to find their strengths. While the leadership that we see portrayed in today's world in so many different ways has nothing to do with true leadership, has absolutely nothing to do with true leadership. It's about, again, control, oppression, um, dishonesty. There are so many different examples that we can see in all different countries around all, across all different industries. So what I see that gets to happen moving forward for us to really live in a world where justice and peace and congruence and integrity prevail is that leaders and people that want to step in positions of leadership have to do the work. There's not another way, there's no other way around it. We have to do the work. We have to understand what aspects of ourselves might be still seeking for that power, that validation, that fame, that that um, praise from the external world because those things will get in the way of us truly living because if we are living from a space of look at me and this is my show and my space and my place we can't really support others to see their strength to step into their leadership and this model that we see of hierarchy where somebody has to be at the top and then in order for somebody to be at the top the rest of people have to be at the bottom this is outdated and it doesn't work. So in order to live in a world where things make more sense than what we are seeing now, we must step into this 
commitment and devotion to our own work, to our own journey of embodiment, so that we can create this new level of um, leadership where we are collaborating, where we are empowering each other, where everyone is in their strength and in their truth versus what we're saying now, that I'm here at the top and you're there at the bottom. But that can only happen if we really get to know ourselves and get to know all the places where we still haven't integrated our wound, uh, our wounds, our insecurities, and all of the parts of ourselves that can make us go for the fame and the money and the power without a level of integrity and a level of congruence in our leadership. I love the way that you just described that. And um, when so when you're talking about doing the work, this is the the, the deep work because I really see. I do. I agree with you. I believe that leadership is it's it's uh, an inside job, um, and it's about and it's not about us being at the top. It's more of how can I be of service? How can I lead from behind? How can we collaborate, cooperate? Because it is about the collective. And so by doing this deep work, doing this integration, we are impacting and affecting the collective. But if we are focusing externally, like you were talking about, fame, money, validation, then this is – I always look at it from an energy point of view. When we focus externally, we're actually giving our power away. We're giving our power away to money, fame, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. validation. So when you're talking about integration, I'm really curious, how does one integrate? What, what kind of work do we need to do to be, to own what we need to own? Mm, that's a great question. And there's many aspects to it. But the first place where we all start is self-awareness. Self-awareness is key, really getting to know those aspects of ourselves. So there's many different modalities and, and ways in which we can work with this, but that is the first thing. Know thyself. We need to know ourselves in order to, to be in clean, what I like to call clean leadership, where our leadership is about the leadership and it's about the service and not about ourselves and our little wounded ego show. So self-awareness, first and foremost, absolutely then it is really important to build a level of self-responsibility, really taking responsibility for our experience, for the impact that we have in the world, being, getting out of victimhood consciousness and, and getting out of these ways in which sometimes we try to hide from ourselves and really stepping in with courage. Okay, I'm going to look at myself fully. I'm going to look at the shadow aspects of myself at the wounds and insecurities, the stories and limiting beliefs that I have within and do something about it because it is my duty and responsibility and nobody else's. What happens often is that it's easy to hide from ourselves through projection. So we see people that are so immersed in their careers, so immersed in their social media platforms, so immersed in their relationships, and they use this as a way to hide from themselves and hide from the things that they get to work on. So absolutely first thing, self-awareness and self-responsibility. And for instance, I have a six-month mastermind that I do for female entrepreneurs called Embodied Woman. And we basically do this work over a period of six months. And the first thing that we do is that self-awareness. Where are you at? And how can you take absolute self-responsibility for it? Then we go into shadow work, really getting to understand 
the aspects of ourselves that we might be deeming as unworthy, as unlovable, because there's where a lot of our stories and a lot of the ineffective ways of behaving and carrying ourselves are. But we tend to not look at it because it feels scary and I don't want to see something about myself that I don't like. So I'll just numb myself and watch Netflix or scroll on social media and pretend that those things aren't there. So I'd say the first thing is to have the courage. There's many different things that we can do to go about it, but I would stick to absolutely self-awareness, self-responsibility and shadow work. I love all three and I agree. I think that especially for me in the last two years, I've done a lot of shadow work, a lot of shadow research, a lot of reading. And I think that it does take a level of courage to say, yes, I'm the one that is creating that. Yes, I am the one that's projecting this onto my relationship. Yes, I am the one that is... um, you know, projecting it into any environment. And I think that even for me, I've had so many etheric slaps in the last two years because realizing and and taking the accountability does take a lot of courage because you know what? It's so much easier to blame, isn't it? What do you think? Absolutely. Yes. And what I think is that you nailed it with that. I think that it definitely takes that level of courage. And I'll also say that's the only way to finding freedom within. That is the only way because it might feel easier at the start to blame and to project a thousand percent. It is easier, but it's not sustainable and it's not taking us anywhere because you can spend your entire life blaming and projecting yourself onto others, but that is never going to contribute to your freedom, to your healing, to your empowerment. So you can do it and pretend that nothing has that None of what you're experiencing has anything to do with you, but deep down, you will carry that burden, that suffering, that uneasiness with you. While when we look at ourselves and we do the self-awareness, self-responsibility, shadow work, yes, it can get messy and it can be uncomfortable and at times it can be a little bit scary, but that is opening the way for us to find freedom, to find a space where we're not carrying those things with us. And personally, I always say, if you don't do your shadow, your shadow does you. So if your shadow is going to be running your life regardless, and it's going to be deciding how your relationships go, how your business goes, how much money you can make, what type of friendships you're calling, what type of diseases sometimes you manifest into your physical vessel, you may as well just deal with it. I know, I know it requires bravery, but it's going to be impacting every single area of your life regardless. So you may as well just gather the courage and go right into it versus running away from it and living with it for the rest of your life. Mm, I love the way you said that. If you don't do your shadow, your shadow does you. It's so, so true. Actually, just the other day, I did a video on the law of correspondence. And the reason I did that as well, because I find a lot of people I work with don't want to go within. So when we're talking about that level of self-awareness, they reject dealing with the self uh, purely because they haven't done it, one, or it just feels uncomfortable or they don't want to own up or see what resides within them. So sometimes the trick that I do is do the mirror work. So it's like put up a mirror in front of you. If you don't want to do the deep work, what's the reflection saying to you? So for example, if you're a bit of a perfectionist, 
you're hard on yourself, you, you don't allow or give yourself the space, space to make mistakes, uh, then you will project that into your environment. So therefore, if you're a leader, for example, imagine how then you would lead a team. You would expect everything to be perfect. You wouldn't be a very welcoming to mistakes and so forth. So what are your thoughts about for those people that don't want to go within, do you have any of your tricks that work uh, to help them move out or move into that space, I should say? Hmm. The first thing that I would say is take accountability like just have a look at your life and get really honest with yourself without having to go into the shadow work without having to do the things that you might feel scared to do at this point I want you to have a look at your life and tell me what is the cost of you not being fully empowered of you not being fully aligned what is it costing you because anything that is bringing friction and contraction into your life is a reflection of the work that is yet to do within. So sometimes, again, we may feel like it's easier to do that. But when you get really clear on the actual cost of you not doing the work, then you may feel a little bit more excited and inspired to, to dive into it. So have a look at your life. Have a look at your physical health, your, the quality of your sleep, your energy levels. The, your relationship, whether you feel like deeply in love and you feel completely honored and respected and loved and appreciated and seen and heard and you're like really in the same team and you feel included and your relationship is just incredible or whether you feel like there's always things that you don't get, there's always things that you don't feel safe to express there's always different triggers, there's boundaries that are crossed, then look at your business or your career. Are you doing what you absolutely adore doing? Do you wake up every morning going, oh my God, I feel so excited about my job. I feel so excited about, about what I've got on today. Are you making as much money as you could like? Do you feel financially abundant and free? Or do you have a job that you can't really stand? or a job that makes you feel like you've given up on yourself, or a job that makes you wait and hope for the next holiday so that, so that you can get a break from it. How's your relationship with your friends and your family members? Is it amazing? Is it not? Because every single piece of like friction, contraction, misalignment, something that you, just, you wish you could change in your life, that is absolutely up to you. And the reason why it isn't changing is because you aren't changing. So I want you to write a list of all of the things that you wish could be different in your life. And then if you can really, really understand that that is absolutely up to you and that until you change, nothing will, then this may inspire you to start doing the work because you are already uncomfortable. Chances are that if you have anything on that list, there is a level of discomfort in your life already. So yes, you may feel uncomfortable when you do the shadow work and when you look at yourself and all of those things, but you are already experiencing discomfort. You are already experiencing things that you wish you wouldn't have to. So by doing the work, what you do is opening up to a new reality and a new possibility. 
It's so true and I think we've just become numb. I, I think that sometimes, you know, you hear people in uh, relationships they're not happy or in um, in their career or environment and you, I always say you've got a choice but it's that better the devil you know than stepping into something new that might inspire you, might make you happier. There's that, there's that uh, once again, the fear stops them from trying something different or new. So I love the way that you broke that down into questions. Sigrid, I'm really curious, what has been one of your greatest lessons learned thus far with all the work that you do? Mm, that's a great one. The first thing that comes to mind is that there is nothing more spiritual, nothing more evolved, nothing more mature, nothing more anything that I can possibly do other than accepting myself. And that's for all of us. There's actually nothing else to do than just fully, deeply accepting ourselves. And I want to share something else that also comes to mind. That is the understanding that we are not our thoughts. And that is, it's simple, but it's not easy. Because it's so easy to really believe everything that we think. And to get so caught up in our ideas. Um, but the biggest thing that I have learned in this path so far is to understand that my thoughts are just one version of reality. And that version of reality is conditioned by my fears, my past experiences, my conditioning, the things that I learned as a child from my parents, from my teachers, from society. So when I don't like a reality, when I don't like a thought, I can choose to transform that. I can choose to rewrite my story. I don't need to buy into every single story that my mind runs because at the end of the day, we are all living in different tunnels of reality. We are all living the same in the same world, but we see it so differently because what I see is based on my conditioning. What you see is based on yours. So having that awareness and that broadened perspective has supported me a lot to when I go into certain thoughts or ideas of what I can't do and where I'm not worthy of or the things that are going to go wrong or the things I should feel ashamed or guilty or fearful of. And I can just detach for a second and go, okay, is this 100% true? And if it's not 100% true, then why would I be so into it? Can I create a different version, a different reframe that allows me to find more freedom and more empowerment? Mm. I love that. Thank you. Another thing has dropped in as you, as you were sharing. Uh, the, obviously, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. What is that one common thing that you see? Because we have this saying that you'll be, you know, if, when you start a business, you'll be lucky to survive twelve months in business. And so, working with entrepreneurs, what is that one thing that you see that seems to get in their way all the time? Apart from ourselves, of course, we always get in our own way. But what's that one thing that kind of really uh, often comes up for you in your mastermind groups? Mm, yeah. For women, it's it's always about ourselves. It's always about ourselves. But for women, what I see comes up a lot um, is the, the feeling of safety, being safe to really own their power. So there's all these different stories around can I, am I safe to, I know I can make the money, but am I safe to make the money? Because my best friend is making more money and she's used to making more money than me. So then 
will it be okay if I start making more money? Or my partner makes less money than me, so will it be okay if now I make more money? Will that bring stuff into the relationship? Or I have this controversial topic that I want to speak about, but will I be judged by my community and people on social media? So it's all about the internal level of ownership of one's power. And yes, I, I don't really have one business-related thing I can pinpoint because it all comes back to this. So even when they have maybe challenges selling sometimes or scaling sometimes, it all comes down to that level of ownership. Mm, I agree. I think that um, I see that a lot. I mean, when you say the, you know, whether they feel safe about making more money, sometimes you see that it depends on, I guess, the the imprinting uh, development phase parenting programming whether they are too afraid to outshine their partner outshine their parents outshine their friends whatever that may be so something does hold them back because of that I don't feel safe to outshine others uh, but it and it could show up I know for me it did it showed up a few years ago I had fear of success fear of standing in my power fear of standing mm-hmm. in my light uh, so it doesn't always have to be a fear of failure is that something yeah, that you see often as well? Absolutely. A thousand percent. I feel like, and there is this quote, I forget whose it is, um, but I really love it. That is, it says, how about that? The fear of being too much and the fear of not being enough are the same. The fear of being yourself. And that, I always share that because truly it doesn't matter whether we have fear of success or fear of failure because the root underneath is the same. Some of us go, if I succeed a lot, then people around me will be triggered or will feel envious or will feel like I think too much of myself or whatever story it is, and then they will not love me as much. Then others think, if I fail and I don't get to these standards or to these goals or to these things, then people around me won't love me as much. So at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Some of us have this story that we have to perform a lot and do very well. And some of us has this sto- have this story that we cannot outshine people and that we have to keep small so that people don't get triggered by our success and our power. But at the end of the day, the underlying base um, insecurity is the same, which is the fear of not being loved. Oh, I love that. That's really, that resonates with me. I just got goosebumps. So that's a um, a body Mm -hmm. ping. So thank you for that. So as we start to uh, wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. Sigrid, what would be that one word for you? Embodiment. Of course, embodiment. And the last mm-hmm. question we always ask is, uh, what would be three shiny gold nuggets that you would like to uh, give to our listeners today? And it could be three practical exercises for our audience. Mm. Okay, so based on what we spoke today and for people wanting to initiate themselves into this inner work or take their own already existing journey deeper, The first thing, and this sounds really little and really small, but I keep reminding myself of these and all of my clients, and it's actually life-changing. The first thing is to deep belly breathe. And again, people listening to this might be like, really, breathing? I already know how to breathe. 
but there is so much power in deep belly breathing. Our nervous system comes down, we are more grounded, we are able to respond to everything that shows up in our reality, in life, in business, in relationship with a lot more presence and a lot more perspective versus coming from that fight or flight reactivity. And it just has, it has so much, it brings so much to us. So definitely deep belly breathing, the first thing. And I encourage anybody listening, unless you're a master of deep belly breathing, like I, I used to teach breath work and I still catch myself not breathing properly at times. So I would encourage everyone to just set an alarm at least twice a day that says take 10 deep belly breaths and see what happens. Because if we get in that habit, we are a lot more in our bodies, less in our minds. And as I said, we have more, um, we expand our ability to respond to life versus react to life. So absolutely first thing, deep belly breaths. Then the second thing that I'd love to bring as an initiation into deeper self-awareness is to ask ourselves, where am I not being my word? And just start there. Because I like to use this analogy of the algorithm. So anyone, anybody that has Instagram or Facebook uh, will understand that there is this algorithm where these platforms are taking data, capturing data from the things that you save, the things that you share, the things that you post, the things that you comment. And based on that data, they create an algorithm that decides and chooses what you see in your feed whose posts you see, what type of content you can watch, things like that. The same thing happens in our minds. Our subconscious brain is watching everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we go through. And what it's doing is collecting data from all of those things and creating an algorithm, the algorithm of our lives, the feed that we see in our lives. So whether we keep attracting really emotionally unavailable men or women, whether we keep attracting friendships that don't feel aligned, whether we're making lots of money or never just getting by, all of those things are based on our life's algorithm. And that algorithm is based on our data collection. So every time we say we're going to do something and then we don't, not just to others, but to ourselves, every single time we break our word in big or small ways, what happens is that the data collection creates a bigger file that says she's not trustworthy. Her word means nothing. So then when we go, I want to create a business. Well, but every time you say you're going to do something, you just don't. So I'm not on board. The subconscious mind's like, no, I'm not buying. I'm not buying it. Next time we're like, now this is a year where I'm going to manifest my dream relationship. The subconscious mind goes, well, all I know is that every time you say you're going to do something, you don't. So no, I don't, I don't support that. You don't. And then it's really hard to have confidence in ourselves and to, to really get to trust ourselves enough to go deeper into our work if we don't have that level of, of baseline trust. So asking yourself, where am I not being my word? And I encourage you to write down at least three things that you know you said you were going to do or stop doing and you haven't followed through. And I encourage you to follow through with those things. Just start there so that you can start building a deeper level of self-trust and self-awareness 
It doesn't need to be this big, deep shadow work thing. You can just start with that. And the third thing, following up with that initiation into self-awareness, would be to ask yourself, where am I out of alignment? Where are my words, my thoughts and actions not matching, not in congruence? Maybe I'm saying 2021 is a year where I'm fully going to step into my leadership, but then I'm just scrolling mindlessly through social media three hours a day. What I say I want and what I'm actually doing about it don't match. They're not in congruence. Maybe I say this is a year where I'm really going to heal my relationship, restore the love and the trust in my marriage. But then I'm not really doing anything for that. I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying that, but I'm not seeking a coach or a counselor or doing some studies, doing something, my plum medicine ceremony, whatever it is to support my relationship. So really just start getting clear with those things. These are really tangible, practical and grounded ways to start looking at yourself without having to go into the depths of shadow work or plant medicine and things like that. Oh, I love all three. And I love the way you described the algorithm because I always say, watch your words because the words is always a hint as to what is going on at that deeper part of your unconscious mind. So it's so true. The way that you just described that, that was uh, very a visual visual component of uh of that concept, which I absolutely love. So Sigrid, where would be the best place for our listeners to find you? Mm, Thanks for asking that. So Instagram is where I spend most of the time when it comes to social media platforms. So at Sigrid Tassius, and this is one of those names that you probably want to check the show notes to. Um, It's one of those complicated names, but yeah, Sigrid Tassius on Instagram, my website, sigridtassius.com, Facebook, Sigrid Tassius. And I have a podcast called Sacred Leaders. So that's also an easier way to find me. You can just type Sacred Leaders in any of the major platforms and find me over there. Sigrid, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom, your time, your energy and your love. Thank you so, so very much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an e-book to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.